reaching Israel and the world. Baruch Hashem, beloved ones, and bless the name of the Lord. Welcome today on behalf of Cynthia and I to another edition of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Honey, we're going to be talking today about the spiritual principle of the law of resistance. I know you and I have already dialogued a bit about this together. Tell me what's in your heart to say to our viewers about this concept. I love facing life as it is in truth. I've always had a heart. Father God's put a heart for me to seek truth. And in truth, we have to face that fact that we're in a battle, that it's not that we can just think that we can lay back and God's just gonna lay us down with heaven right here 24-7. Right now, we're in a season of time on earth where we're in a battle. And the word that God keeps saying to me that relates today's message is no pain, no gain. Mm, that's we really have to go word, through then. pain in order to gain the riches of life, the riches of the Lord. We're gonna look at that mystery today, exactly what you just said, honey. We're gonna talk about how the Lord actually orchestrated, beloved ones, that we would have an enemy in the earth because through spiritual warfare and resisting his power, you and I and all God's people are made strong and we rise up in the yes. strength and in the joy of the Lord. Amen. Stay tuned, it's an important teaching. I want to talk with you today about what I'm calling the law, listen, of resistance. Father God, in Yeshua's name, I pray that you would download this truth into our hearts and that it would teach us and train us how to do spiritual warfare in Yeshua's name. Amen. Beloved ones, I'm going to present to you today a truth that you're familiar with, but I believe the Lord is going to give you crystallization that will truly help you to be an overcomer. You know, Jesus told us in the second and third chapter of the book of Revelation, he that overcomes will inherit the paradise of God. I want you to understand as we begin today, we were not put on earth to make this earth our prize or our home. We are here on the earth to overcome. In fact, our time on earth is a test. If we think that we're going to have all our longings and all our desires fulfilled through the things of this world, we are sorely mistaken are going to, and are going to end up being very sad because the things of this world can never satisfy the deep longing that we have within our soul. Now, I want you to consider this. We have a longing. In fact, so much so do we have longings that from the time that we enter this world until the time that we leave this world, it's like there's a banner written over the top of our head that says, listen now, DESIRE, capital D-E-S-I-R-E. Think about it, from the time that you were birthed into the world, you cried, why? You wanted milk, you wanted to be close to your mom, you wanted to be held. And from the time that you became a toddler, you wanted your toys, you wanted this, you wanted that. And as you aged, you know what? The crying out of the word desire continued to emanate from you. Your desires changed as you aged, but when you think about it, from the time that you were born until today, the primary banner over the life of humankind is the banner of desire. People are pursuing fortune, 
fame, what people wake up in the morning to try to better themselves. They want more income. They want a different house. They want a different car. They want to get married. They want to eat. Everything that people do in the natural realm is motivated, listen now, from the word desire. Human beings are vessels that are craving. And because we are created in a sophisticated way, we're created in God's own image, we use our thinking process. But if you think about it, we use the thinking process that we have, listen now, to figure out how we can have our desires fulfilled. Even the desire to be close to God. It's still desire. It's the greatest desire of all. The desire to please God. The desire to experience His presence. The desire to know Him. Jesus said, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest and you shall find peace for your soul. Isn't that still about desire? Jesus is appealing to the desires of humanity to find rest and to find peace. The point that I'm making, beloved ones, is that you and I are creatures that crave and creatures that desire. And it's important for us to understand this. And there's nothing wrong with it. God created us to be this way. Here's where the problem comes in. The problem comes in when we try to satisfy this craving, these desires that we have in the wrong way. Think about it. How many times have you just felt like you wanted something, you desired something, so you went to the cupboard to get something to eat? You know what? After you got done eating it, you still weren't satisfied. So you thought about, well, what else can I eat that will take away this craving? And maybe you even went to the cupboard two or three times. But deep inside, you felt this craving, this desire for fulfillment, that something inside you needed to be fulfilled, and yet you found that you couldn't fulfill it by eating. Human beings have deep cravings and deep desires, and we go astray when we try to fulfill this desire that's in us by taking in the things of the world, thinking that those things of the world will fulfill us. If you think about it, even Eve, who, is the, who fell into the deception of the devil and then led Adam into destruction, why did she fall into the devil's seduction in the book of Genesis? Because she was wanting to get her desire fulfilled. She looked at the fruit. She thought it would be good to eat. It looked pleasant to the eyes. And she thought if she ate it, listen, it would make her wise. She, it was her pride. She, she desired. And so what did she do? Because of her desires, she ate of the fruit. Her desire, listen now, was used of the devil to lead her astray. And if you think about it, when she ate of the tree, she didn't know she was eating something bad, but the devil came to her, listen, as, get it now, a false light. I want to talk to you today about this principle. You and I, hopefully I've established in your mind and heart, you and I are creatures of desire. We desire, we crave. David himself said, one thing I desire, he said, to be in your house to the Lord and to gaze upon your beauty all the days of my life. Our desire can be used in a good way, but I'm trying to establish with you that whether your desire is used in a good way or whether your desire leads you astray, we can't get away from the fact that human beings are created with a huge neediness, a huge craving that we cry out with desire from the time that we're born until the time that we leave this world. Knowing that then, 
I want to apply what I've just shared with you to what I am calling, listen now, the law of resistance. So think about this. We have a deep neediness, a desire to have that neediness fulfilled. What the devil does is he comes to us with all this false light. If you do this, you'll be happy. If you buy this, you'll be happy. If you eat this, you'll be happy. If you engage in an intimate relationship with that person, you'll be happy. He appeals to us as a false light, making us think that if we take his bait, our desire will be satisfied, even as he did with Adam and Eve all those years ago in the garden. What we need to do Listen now, what we need to do is resist, we need to resist yielding to false desire. We need to resist trying to fulfill ourselves and make ourselves complete by taking Satan's bait. We need to resist this in the person of Yeshua HaMashiach, through the person of Yeshua by knowing the power of the Holy Spirit within us, by knowing the nature of God, by having discernment, we need how to resist, we need to learn to resist spiritual darkness. And I'm going to talk with you now about how practicing this law of resistance will make you strong. And when you get strong, beloved one, you will become happy. I want to read for you now from the book of James, chapter number 4, verse 7. Hear the word of God. Submit therefore to God, listen, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. One of my highlights was on the final morning in Narok when I preached in a church there. The church repented of the sin of pride. They came to the front, got on their knees and wept in such a powerful way as they turned their lives over to Jesus and repented of their pride. Just begin to lift your voice to him. The anointing of the church service carried over to the crusade later that night. It was a wondrous time of repentance, revival, and refreshment. The Holy Spirit tonight is washing you by the Word. At the end, I spoke the ironic blessing over the people, and it was almost breathtaking to see how thankful the people were and how surrendered they seemed to be to Jesus in their lives. Jesus came to Narok in a special way. God brought the people out of their past lives, set the captives free, and put them on new footing to move forward in their relationship with Him. I believe that God changed this region permanently as He established His kingdom through the preaching of the gospel in this place. God blessing your life through the teaching of Rabbi Schneider. Why not become a part in sending him around the world as God brings salvation, healing, and deliverance through television and on-the-ground outreaches? Visit rabbipartners.com or call 800-777-7835. 
As a thank you for your monthly support, Rabbi would like to send you three very special partner-only DVDs. In Pursuit of Him, an intimate view of Rabbi's life journey. It was worth it. The amazing life story of Cynthia Schneider and Crusades Behind the Scenes, a partner-exclusive look as Rabbi ministers around the world. Become a part of what God is doing through discovering the Jewish Jesus. Begin your monthly partnership today. This law of resistance, it gets very deep because that which we need to resist is not something that sometimes can be easily seen with our natural eyes as being something bad. In other words, I want to give you some examples. What about the person that's married, okay, and they go to work and they meet somebody at work that suddenly they find themselves very strongly attracted to? They begin to think, you know what, I feel more attracted to this person than my own spouse. And it seems like I would be more and more fulfilled with this person than I am with my spouse right now. So they have this desire, and they think that my desire is going to be fulfilled, my desire for intimacy, this desire that I have to feel alive, this desire I have to feel fulfilled. I feel that if I live with this person, I'm going to feel so much more fulfilled. My desire is going to be so much more quenched than it is right now with my own spouse. And so what happens so oftentimes? Individuals that say they know God, that name the name of Jesus, they yield to this false light this false, listen now, romantic attraction, which feels right, it feels beautiful at first, but just like the devil led Eve astray in the garden, it's a deception. They yield to it. They end up committing adultery. They end up oftentimes divorcing their spouse. Their family absolutely falls apart. Their children now don't trust them anymore. And usually what happens in a year or two years later, the relationship that they left their spouse for, for that relationship falls apart part two, now they're left with nothing. They're bankrupt. Their finances have fallen apart. They have no family anymore. Their kids don't want anything to do with them anymore. And their life is an absolute wreck because what? They yielded, listen, beloved, to a false light rather, listen to me, than resisted it. That other light, that, that false light, it seemed like it was so much brighter but it was just like a light bulb. Have you ever seen a light bulb before it explodes and, and goes off? In other words, you take an ordinary light bulb, and right before that light bulb expires, right before it goes out, it doesn't work anymore, it gives off a big what? Flash of light. And then immediately after giving out that big flash of light, it's dead, right? That's what false light is like. It feels more intense at first, but in the end, it leaves in its wake death. Why do people, for example get addicted to crack cocaine because the high that they get from crack cocaine is so intense, they feel so alive, they feel so euphoric when they're on the crack cocaine that once they come down, they want nothing more than to get another high like that because the high they experience on crack cocaine feels so much more pleasurable than the experience that they have when they're just leading a normal life. But what is the result of being a crack cocaine addict? Their lives, beloved, become shipwrecked. Their bodies are ravaged. Oftentimes they end up on the streets, dying young, their teeth falling out, their life an absolute wreck. Listen to what I said. Yielding to false light rather than resisting false light 
will tempt you to think that it's going to be more pleasurable. And it will be oftentimes for a very brief moment. But the after effect is death. Think about the difference between the love between a husband and wife in a faithful monogamous relationship where every day they wake up in bed, their hair's not combed, maybe they have bad breath, then they've got to go to work, they've got to pay the bills, they've got to raise the kids, they're dealing with all the stresses of life. A lot of times that doesn't feel as attractive and fulfilling as a fling that someone enters into because they met somebody at work. But again, the result of the fling at work brings death. On the other hand, Staying in a faithful monogamous marriage with your spouse, although it doesn't feel as intense or fulfilling or exciting in the moment, in the end, it's a love that lasts. And when a couple builds a relationship over years and years of faithfulness, the marriage gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. It lasts. And then in the twilight years, you have a couple that has the satisfaction of having stayed together, worked through the problems together, built a marriage together. Now they have kids that still love them and respect them. They have grandkids that come over and love their grandma and grandpa, and they have a fulfilling home. Why? Because they didn't go for the quick thrill. They built their life, beloved, on the principles of God. We must, listen to me, practice the law of resistance. We must resist temptations and seductions and false lights that offer to fulfill our desires but are not from the Lord, they're from the enemy. The scripture tells us all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, listen to me, but from the world. And unless you and I learn how to resist the energy of the darkness, we are going to end up, beloved ones, falling on our face. Now, why is it that life has to be so hard? Why do we have to resist temptation? Why do we have to resist screaming and yelling and letting out our anger? Why do we have to resist ro romantic relationships that are not part of God's plan for our life? Why do we have to resist yielding to, to all types of seductions from the false light? Why did God make it so hard? Because, beloved one, Father knows that in order, listen, in order for you and I to fully mature as his sons and daughters, we must get strong. And the way we get strong is through practicing resistance. It's just like an athlete. How does an athlete get strong? For example, I have a son-in-law. He's a long-distance runner. He just placed in the top 10 of the Cincinnati Marathon. How did he get strong? He got strong, beloved ones, listen to me. He got strong, actually it was the Columbus Marathon. He got strong because every single day he went out and he ran. He ran farther and farther and farther and farther and faster every single day, pressing through the resistance of fatigue, pressing through the resistance of muscle drain, and through pressing through the resistance of endurance training, he got stronger and he ended up placing in the top 10 distance runners in Columbus. You could think of an athlete, for example, a football player. One of the things they do is they lift weights to get big so they can perform well in the football field. What is weight training? When you're lifting weights, what is that? It's actually, listen, it's actually called resistance training because their muscle is straining against the force of the weight 
As they lift the weight, the weight is pushing down towards the earth. Gravity is pulling the weight down. The muscle is pulling up. The, the weight of the gravity is resisting the muscle. But as the muscle pushes past, listen now, that force of resistance, the muscle is made strong. And Father God has so ordained it in the universe that you and I would become fully mature as sons and daughters when we learned how to execute and, 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 to, and to put forth our spiritual muscles against the resistance of the forces of darkness. What are forces of darkness? It could be not only temptation, but it could be doubt. It could be sadness. It could be cynicism. It could be unbelief. It could be despair. It could be so many things. We need to gain the discernment to recognize what is true light, the Spirit of God, versus what is false light, which is coming from the darkness disguised as light. We need to understand the difference between true light and false light, the light of the Holy Spirit, versus the false light that the spirit of darkness is putting out. And we need to learn how to then resist the false light. And as we learn how to press on resisting the force of darkness, listen, we're going to be made strong. And let me tell you a secret. When you get strong, you'll become happy from the inside. The truth is, we can never be made happy by taking in the things that are outside of ourselves. Every rich person, you know what? They always want one more dollar. We can never become happy through simply ingesting the things of the outer world because true happiness has to emanate from within. It has to emanate because the human soul is empowered by the Holy Spirit and is broken forth out of the darkness into the light and the fruit of that is joy. And so understand once again, nothing in the world can ever make you or I happy. A new house won't make us happy. I'm not suggesting that people should live in, in poverty, no. But I'm just simply saying that a new house might be thrilling for a year, but in the end it can't produce lasting happiness. The only thing that can produce lasting happiness is when our soul is developed by the Spirit of God so that we become internally strong and the fruit of becoming internally strong is joy. And this is how it works. This is the secret. God will continue to bring you and I through times of trial, Practicing resistance, resisting darkness, resisting unbelief, resisting despair, resisting temptation, resisting going after the false light. We resist that. We keep pressing on. We keep putting one foot in front of the other towards God, in God, even though at times we feel nothing. And then eventually what happens is we get a breakthrough. We get released from having to push through that resistance. And when we get a release, we're in a new place of freedom. God lets us stay in that new place of freedom for a while, but pretty soon, it won't be long, He'll bring us into a new time of resistance, a new time of having to walk through something. And every single year, it's going to be a cycle of times of having to practice resistance, doing spiritual warfare through resistance, and then being released into a new platform of freedom where you can breathe and you're relaxing, and then God lets you enjoy it. You're now transformed at a level that you were never transformed before, but God won't let you stay there forever. It'll be a cycle. Practicing resistance, then being released. Spiritual warfare, then being released. And that's what this life is meant to be down here. This is why Jesus said seven times in Revelation 2 and 3, He that overcomes will inherit these things. Beloved, God has a special plan for your life. Keep resisting.
This is really a life-changing series that I've been teaching on the law of resistance. The reason I'm saying that is because of how much it's changed my life. Just to be able to understand spiritual warfare from the dynamic that I've been presenting. You know, one of the ways that we experience resistance is in the act of giving, especially when it comes to our finances. We know that Jesus said, give and you'll sure receive. It's going to come back to you, press down good measure and running over into your lap. But Satan wants to stop us from giving because he wants to stop us from receiving. I just want to encourage you, beloved ones, let's be faithful to the Lord and love him with our finances. You see, all through the Bible, we see that those that love God and knew God honored him with their finances. In fact, the Lord said in the Hebrew Bible, no man shall appear before me empty handed. Beloved, if you believe that the Lord is working in your life through this ministry, I want to ask you today to honor him with a financial gift through discovering the Jewish Jesus. I know you'll be blessed. Thank you in advance. God bless you. I love you and shalom. Here's how you can partner with us. Send your tax deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Donate online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, speak these words over my people and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yavarech Yahweh Ya'er Yahweh Ve'asemlecha Shalom. May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by his countenance. And Father God is going to continue, his beloved child, to give you his peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, Rabbi shares wisdom on how to identify the darkness in your life and what you need to do to overcome it. Don't miss this exciting episode.